Welcome back to another episode of the Geek Roundtable. This is episode number 37. I am your host, Kenny, and joining me for today's roundtable are my good friends, Jenny, Joe, Tony, Tom, and Kevin. Today, we're going to be discussing our favorite superheroes. This was a really fun conversation, so I'm not going to talk. We're just going to jump on in and take a listen to our roundtable. All right, it's time for our roundtable, and today we're going to be discussing our favorite superhero. Joining me for today's roundtable are my good friends, Tom. Hello there, everybody. Joe. Oh, hi there. Tony. Hello. Kevin. Good day to you, sir. And Ginny. <laughs> I can't top all of that. <laughs> yeah, I you love can. Everyone's, everybody's trying to one-up each other. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> that's the best one that is the best one. <laughs> uh, all right so we're gonna be discussing superheroes so let's just go ahead and jump into it i'm going to uh jenny why don't you start us off tell us who your favorite superhero is and why sure and i'm gonna just jump in and be like super controversial well i don't know you <laughs> might all agree um my favorite superhero is the crow Ooh. uh and okay. I do mean the entity, the crow, because there have been multiple people who have embodied the crow. Mm -hmm. For those not familiar, the crow is a comic series written by James O'Barr. And it is about this entity called the crow that will come to you if you have died in a very violent way and usually with a loved one of some kind. And the crow will come and bring you back to exact revenge for... Um, what has happened to you so that you can then rest having avenged. Is he an anti-hero or she it, or they? Well, that's, an that's the thing. The crow has been embodied by men, women. There's even a wonderful transgender story about yeah. a transgender woman who comes back to avenge their death. Mm -hmm. So there's, I, I would say the superhero is the crow. The crow itself. is yeah. embodied by a physical crow. Like a physical okay. crow comes down and it carries like the soul back to carries the, the back soul to back to the land of the living. Oh, I gotcha. Okay. Yeah. And not to be spoilery, but don't let anything happen to your crow. <laughs> <laughs> That's a nice safety tip. That is a good safety, <laughs> safety tip. tip. If you come back as the crow, make sure that bird is happy and healthy. <laughs> um, <laughs> and 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 it's interesting because Eric Draven tends to be the one that gets focused on. Who is played by Brandon Lee in the in the movie okay. The Crow? And of course, I mean, we've talked about Crow, The Crow, in other episodes, but there is some mythology around that film because of it leading to Brandon Lee's unfortunate accident on set, which caused yeah. his death. Yeah, right. Yeah. So right. there is a lot of mythology within the mythology. <laughs> Yeah. And is that series still continuing, the comic books? I don't know the last one he has written. I don't know that he's done anymore in a while. And, okay. and he's also allowed other writers to play in the sandbox. So the transgender story that I was talking about is uh, written by an author named Poppy Z. Bright, who Poppy Z. Bright themselves are transgender. Mm -hmm. And so that's not an original work by James O'Barr, but it has been given the stamp of like, this is a crow story. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which is another that's reason nice. I really like it. Yeah. 
Yeah. Do you have a favorite, like, specific moment in the comics? I don't mean to take over oh, Kenny's wow. thing as asking the questions, but <laughs> whatever, Joe. If you, <laughs> hey guys, this is the Geek Podcast. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna um, get the name wrong another five or six times. <laughs> I don't know if there was like a very distinct moment in this series, but my favorite series is the woman who is brought back to avenge herself and her unborn child. Oh wow! Yeah. Mm. I mean, it deals with you know the power of a, a mother and her child and you know coming back to a because the people that killed her weren't aware that she was pregnant wow. and so when she's coming back to avenge it they're kind of like please don't kill me i didn't know if we had known we wouldn't have done what we did and it's like well you killed you still me. killed her <laughs> like, yeah. yeah so it go it's dark mm-hmm. yeah it sounds <laughs> if like you can't it. tell um <laughs> But I mean, I think that that's what I like in in comic stories. Um, we were talking about when we were talking about the Marvel episode. I do really like the stories that aren't good guys, bad guys. It's more shades of gray. Mm, yeah. Because yeah. even in the Crow, when they come back and they're like, you think it's a very clear like, you murdered me, I murder you back. There's still questions there. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Because when anyone's put in that spot, they're going to try to say anything to just be like, no, but I don't deserve to die. And it's like, well, I'm not here now because of you. Yeah. And like, what would happen if you had to stare that right in the face? Yeah. 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 Interesting. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. For me, it's it's total opposite. Jenny likes the gray. I like the straight narrow. I think that's why we work together well, Kenny. Yeah, we do. (laughs) We're very good. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. My favorite superhero of all time would be Superman. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know that's Solid. a typical. I know a lot of people love him, but I mean, I really adore him. Yeah. I remember George Reeves watching the George mm. Reeves show, yep. uh, Superman in black and white. And I, obviously, they were made before my time, but they were in yeah. heavy rotation when I was a kid. And I watched them. I mean, every day it was on, and I watched every episode over and over and over again. And I fell in love with Superman. Just his whole ideal of who he was, uh, just like with my Marvel character being. My favorite being Captain America. Yeah. Uh, I, I like the good guys. I like mm-hmm. the pure of heart, you know, does very little wrong. And I just I just like that. And I love the portrayal of each person, Christopher Reeves. He mm-hmm. will always be my Superman. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Though I do like, and I know this is controversial for some people, but I do like uh, Henry Cavill. Mm-hmm. I like, yep. I I like, like Henry Cavill. Still. Yeah, Henry I Cavill's good. The, I, you know, I like the way they told his origin story because it wasn't – a real origin story, you know, they did it in flashbacks and it was interwoven within the entire uh, movie of Man of Steel. But yeah. um, I, I really, I, Christopher Reeves will always be Superman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If, if I ever, you know, if I get a tattoo, which I'm considering getting a Superman tattoo, mm-hmm. if I do a face, it probably will be Christopher Reeves just because he is Superman. Uh, what about Brandon Routh? <laughs> what about Tom Welling? <laughs> I, yes, I, I actually yes, I love yeah. uh, Brandon was great. I thought he was a really good. I think he was a good Superman. I didn't like him as Clark Kent, right. and with Reeve, I liked him as Clark Kent and Superman. Yeah, yeah. I thought he did really well, uh, and I love Cavill as Superman. Mm-hmm. I think he's too hunky to be Reeve to <laughs> yeah. be yeah. Clark Kent, but. I think Reeve did an amazing job. Christopher did an amazing job yeah. playing both roles. I would offer this for the Superman. Everybody who's ever played Superman, the shortcomings has never been the actor playing him, mm-hmm. but the writing or direct, mm-hmm. like however that story's crafted around that person. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. 
Kenny, re, uh, re- Superman. I have a question for you, actually. Uh, so in the '90s, we got the death of Superman, and like, like, how did that make you feel? And that was a big deal. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. So, like, when that happened, like, what did you, like, what, what happened to you? I mean, I was around comic books long enough to know that he wasn't dead, mm-hmm. or you know, really hoping he wasn't dead. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been so long since I've read that story. Right. I mean, because I read it when it first came out, and I don't think I've ever revisited since. Mm-hmm. Um, it was that traumatic. It was enough to that I yes, I don't feel like I needed to. Once was plenty. Mm-hmm. You know, I enjoyed it for what it was, but I didn't have to be tortured again and again mm-hmm. watching yeah. my favorite character die. Well, that, yeah, and that's a good way of putting because for like three, four issues in a row, it's just him getting beaten to a pulp, mm-hmm. like yeah. relentlessly, and it's like, man, this is like Breaking Bad. It's important. <laughs> And it's good, but I never want to watch this happen again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so yeah. If I, I, I honestly don't think I'll ever revisit that story. But I mean, it was crucial to the story. It, it was, it was interesting. It was an interesting mm-hmm. take. You know, the fact that they were going to try and kill Superman off, which was just crazy. Did but, you um, have a concern that maybe they were thinking of retiring the character, or did you, did no, you fear? I, fear did you feel I mean, because this was in, this was in the nineties, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I was I was in my thirties then. So by, I mean, by then I already I mean, I anticipated this was all a a, a ploy to sell yeah. things. They were going to kill him, and then he'd have some amazing rebirth, right. you know, and he'd come back. So when he truly died, I was like, well, okay, he's not dead. I'm sure he'll be back. It took a little longer for them to bring him back. So I mean, obviously, I thought, well, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe right. that was it. Maybe he's gone. But again. That was the comic book. I still can enjoy the movies. I can mm-hmm. still enjoy the TV series that were out. You know, there's so many incarnations of of Superman, and I liked. I've enjoyed them all. Yeah. Um, but even but Lois th- and Clark, the new adventures of yep. Superman. Oh, yeah. Kane. Okay, yeah, good I because that. I love that too. <laughs> I've seen every Actually, episode, Lois yeah. and Clark. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. We're up in that corner. Right <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Nice. With yeah. the with the uh, death of Superman, that was. The first story that really drew me into the that really drew me into DC Comics to a point where I was like buying new issues because mm. before I just kind of grabbed whatever random thing was at the grocery store. Uh, this time I was like, okay, I am invested now. I want to see what yeah. happens next. I want to see where this goes. And I, yeah. particularly this, this felt like a story that was for which I was the actual target audience that I wasn't coming in late. So. Uh, yeah. And it felt, you know, very significant at the time. It is, it was so era defining, um, particularly how it played into this whole, you know, speculator market of that, yeah. of the, uh, of the issue where he dies, getting like multiple um, releases and you got to get mm-hmm. all these copies and it was this big get. But um, going back, it is such a finely crafted story. That even the various attempts to adapt it into animation on a film, I think that the that the comic story, for all its flaws, is still kind of the best telling of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I will say I did enjoy the WB's Death of Superman, and then the I forget the one that came after it, Rise of the Superman, uh, Reign mm-hmm. of the Superman, Reign right. of the Superman. Yeah, but I'm biased because my roommate is one of the Superman. So. Oh, nice. <laughs> oh, a voice actor. Yeah. Oh, nice. Nice. Mm-hmm. nice. How about you, uh, Tom? Yeah. Well, <laughs> um, well, Kenny, I'm I'm with you. You know, I'm a child of the '70s. Well, born in the '70s, I kind of identify as a kid of the '80s. 
Yeah. Uh, born in the 70s. And um, that's the Reeve era, you know. And that was, um, you know, it's one of my 44 perfect films, Superman the movie. I absolutely love it. Um, there's one sequence that, all right, maybe doesn't hold up is the, the uh, can you read my mind, Margot Kidder voiceover sequence. I love that. Maybe scene. doesn't hold up yeah. quite as much as it used to. But, uh, <laughs> but, you know, it was also, you know, finally got flying right in terms of, you know, shooting mm-hmm. it finally got that uh, down. So, in other words, it wasn't hokey flying anymore because, mm-hmm. you know, we were always seeing just bad technical effects for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Finally solved it in that film. And I mentioned uh, in a previous episode, I mentioned, um, you know, my very, yeah, very, very young childhood love of Batman, which is uh, immortalized in uh, Back Through the Basement, my podcast when we were going through and finding toys. It's one of the earliest toys I ever got. So I I think, you know, it would be if we if we were talking to the child, Tom, he'd be answering you with with some kind of toss up between Batman and Superman. But you asked the adult Tom and uh, <laughs> the adult Tom. Here it comes. <laughs> identifies with the Hulk. Mm. OK. Wow. So Hulk is my. I think favorite superhero through the prism of being an adult, being on my own and working, working through all of life's challenges, ups and downs, being 3000 miles away from my family, uh, through a marriage and a divorce, through, through ups and downs of a career, through finding my career, finding my voice literally and figuratively because I'm a voiceover artist as well. In fact, I didn't mention this in the Marvel episode, but I voice matched Stan Lee on Endgame. Oh, wow. <laughs> so you, cool. you would think yeah, I would wow. name Stan Lee as my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, the reason I, I really identify with Hulk is really culminates whenever that line was delivered by uh, Ruffalo when he said... Uh, the secret is he's always mad. Mm. Mm-hmm. And that was in, you know, my favorite. I, I gave you guys Avengers as my favorite um, MCU movie. And he turns and it's the first time he instantly turns to the Hulk. Mm-hmm. And having recognized that while I'm I'm a comedian and I'd like to think I'm a happy-go-lucky person and I'm funny and entertaining, I, I'd like to say, there is an undercurrent of anger in me. And it's always been there. I don't want to go to a, you know, this is a this is an episode about su- superheroes <laughs> supposed to be uplifting, but I think that we can all really relate to an under like uh, you can get angry at any moment, and life really is about getting hold of that demon. Mm, yeah, you know. And um, I remember my mother telling me a story. She had she was very involved in the PTA and she had come in and um, talked to the nurse or I think it was the school nurse and the school nurse made some kind of a observation about me. And I was a sweet kid, like well behaved, good student, you know, a good kid. Mm -hmm. And she said to my mom, boy, that is one angry little boy. And she didn't tell me that at the time. She told me this later that that because I think my mother saw that anger that flying off the handle, that very 
fury thing. And she's, she told me that story that had been seen really early on. So hmm. a good man and a good person, in my case, a good boy growing up into a good man, can always have that kind of under the surface. And um, I've had to learn a lot about it in terms of management and working in um, working in companies and seeing people not doing a good job around me and not wanting to, you know, rip them a new one and work ethic, having a strong work ethic, not seeing it around me, things of that nature, you know, and the extremely important message of choosing one's battles, you know, and, and not letting certain things get to you. So I think that uh, all of those lessons about anger bring me at 46 to the Hulk. Very cool. Very all right. Who wants to follow that? <laughs> <laughs> Joe. Okay, cool. Wonderful. Um, <laughs> Joe, the palate cleanser. Well, I'm just, we might get a little bit more of that. Um, so before before I get into this, I did want to kind of talk about Kenny's pick of Superman. And just, just a, a quick observation that as a child, my first comic book that I was ever given was one of my father's old Superman comics. I liked Superman until Tim Burton's Batman came along. Um, and then the, I, I was in my preteens and I thought, Ooh, no, Batman's cool. And I carried this thing with me where I was like, I like dark Batman, you know, Superman's <laughs> such a boy scout. I can't stand him. I want Batman, you know, F F you know, the establishment. And then now I find myself at 43 and I'm like, you know what? There definitely is a place for Superman. Like we need hope. And that's like oh. what Superman represents, that mm -hmm. goodness and like the that that height that we could all reach. Uh, yeah. You know, if we just look out for each like there's something really refreshing that makes me really want the Boy Scout. I prefer the Boy Scout. Uh, Garth Ennis has a really great Hitman comic. I think it's number 34 where Superman's having a moment of doubt and <laughs> the Tommy Monahan, the Hitman character, runs into him, and it's just this this comic of them like talking about Superman's doubt and Tommy talking him off of the proverbial ledge and encouraging him and reminding him that he is what is great about America. Like he represents everything great about the immigrant story, and uh, mm -hmm. it just it's a reminder that even though he's the Boy Scout. For those of you that know and have taken the time to understand Superman, there is a deep richness there just beyond the truth, justice, and the American way. Mm. So I just kind of wanted mm. to touch on that. But nice. uh, I almost got in trouble today as I messaged you guys earlier because <laughs> I, like, I, I was like, who do I pick? Do I pick this one or this one? So I originally had picked Barbara Gordon because I do mm. love Barbara Gordon and what she represents. And I told my wife I had done this. I was like, yeah, we're going to pick our favorite superheroes. And she's like, well, you picked Wolverine, right? I went. No, I went with Barbara Gordon. She's like, what? I was like, well, I kind of feel like I feel like this is a little outside the box. And she's like, did he ask you what your favorite character was or what you thought the coolest one to talk about would be? <laughs> I was like, he asked what my favorite Maybe I should have was. asked myself that. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, you idiot. Tell him you're going to do Wolverine. You named your son after Wolverine, which I did. Uh -huh. Um so my favorite that's a, that's a strong indicator <laughs> I brought, and i brought so your son's name is weapon x my favorite one is wolverine oh, um, versus the hulk wow. versus wow. The, it's, yeah. it's you versus me versus joe oh. <laughs> one more ba, 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 ba. Oh. Um, oh. okay oh, wow. so so um yes wolverine and like i talked about in the last episode uh being a kid who didn't have very many friends uh i i kind of retreated into my comic books and immediately 
discovered Wolverine in the X-Men books. And there was something kind of like what Tom was talking about. There was something about the Wolverine character where he was always, at least at the time in the eighties, before he was in every comic, uh, he was this character that was always kind of put down even by his family on the X-Men at times. He was put down. He felt like an outcast, but he was still fiercely loyal to those that he considered his family. Mm -hmm. And that's how I felt. Like I always kind of felt like, I understood him a little bit like when he would get into fights and people would be like, no, we can't, you know, we're not the violent ones. Wolverine. We can. He's like, why they do this? Why can't we? I identified with that a little bit. Not, not to the point where I felt like I wanted to hurt people who wronged me, but uh, that I kind of felt like, well, this is someone that I can kind of identify with. He speaks a language that I understand uh, as someone who feels hurt constantly. How does he deal with it? And, and I kind of learned and maybe not the most healthy way, but like I started bottling things up the way he did uh, and yeah. turned into the man that I am now that, you know, uh, seeks therapy once a week and <laughs> works out a lot of issues, daddy issues, mommy issues, whatever. Uh, but the issues that I like the most are these X-Men issues. <laughs> 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 no, issues but, joke. <laughs> but the, uh, the character of Wolverine and the, the fact that he has gone from this, elusive mysterious character with this kind of this past that's up in the air to something that joe casada ended up completely fleshing out and and finding that there is kind of a, a a tragic almost like greek hero kind of thing that's going on with wolverine uh i i think is just it's fascinating uh it, it stuck with me for so long that as I started getting involved in local theater here in Dallas, I started adapting comic book stories for the stage. I've done The Killing Joke. Uh, I did a, a wow. original Batgirl show. I did a, a fun comedy about the origins of Spider-Man, Superman, and Batman. But wow. then just the most recent one that I had done was an adaptation of Old Man Logan, which mm. kind of rewrote in my own way. I took a lot of liberties. Uh, instead of him running around with an old Hawkeye uh, it's a, an older Kitty Pride that finds him. And they end up teaming up with a, a very old Frank Castle. Uh, and they, mm. they make their way to the White House where they find, uh, posing as the President of the United States, Deadpool, who had had <laughs> some, some villains had ba basically done some uh, experiments on him. And they put part of Charles Xavier's brain in his head. So those two were kind of like fighting with each other. And what was going on is like, Deadpool and Kitty Pride had come up with a plot to like get Wolverine in there to kill him. Uh, oh. While the Charles Xavier side thought that he was coming so he could transfer his consciousness into him. It got complicated. I'm sorry this is so long. <laughs> uh, but I'm, was, I'm here for this. This is wonderful. I'm, I know. I'm like, <laughs> yes. It was, it was a fantastic piece where, you know, Wolverine is the reason because of his, mm. the attack that happened in Old Man Logan. Wolverine is the reason why Kitty Pride was never able to bear children, and she held that against him. And when he went on to have a family. So throughout the course of the show, and it was, it was a standard three act they kind of work out some of these issues to the point where she ends up sacrificing herself at the end mm. to, you know, to, because she, she can't phase. Like what we learned in the story is if she were to phase, she could never come back. Kind of like what oh, happened yeah. with her in the eighties. Um, and so she uses her phase ability one more time to take out Deadpool slash Xavier. And then, you know, Logan kind of finds his, his will to fight again for his family. Uh, and it was, it was awesome. It was one of the most special things that, I could possibly put together with an IP that I don't own. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, Wolverine, you know, from, from as a child reading those comic books, loving this character, rooting for this character, 
crying with him, laughing with him, and mm. and then forcing my poor son to share his name. That's uh, and it not Wolverine. I didn't name my son. I was going to say it's <laughs> Logan, right, and not Wolverine. It's, actually, I pulled I pulled a fast one. If my wife listens to this, she's going to get so mad. So I was throwing out names. I'm like, what about James? And she's like, I like James. James sounds really good. Mm. And I was like, okay, uh, middle name Logan. James, she's like, oh, I like that. She's like, that's not, is that one of your weird characters? And I'm like, well, it's Wolverine's name is Logan. And she's like, okay, well, I think I could deal with that since it's just his middle name. And in my head, I'm going, Wolverine's real name is James. (laughs) 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 So I'm I'm totally win-win right here, baby. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So, so there you go. I'm sorry. As usual, I, I, I talked forever. But no, that's oh. great. No, I was wondering, uh, how do you feel about uh, Hugh Jackman's portrayal? I thought it was awesome, and no one was more surprised than me when they first announced that they had cast some six foot dude as Wolverine. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. what? This? There's no way it's going to work. By the time that first X Men movie was done, I was like, I am here for this. Uh-huh. Um, until they ran it into the ground, and they right. were like, right. every X Men movie. After that, like X2, I love, but like after that, it seemed like it's X-Men, but it's mostly a Wolverine story. Then they finally made a Wolverine movie, and then they tried to shoehorn a bunch of X-Men in it. And it's like, what are we doing? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, he he became so popular. Yeah. You know, he started driving the franchise. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Tony. So I, I, uh. I echo a lot of the, the things that everyone has said here and just understanding, you know, superheroes come to people at different times. And as you grow, you sort of, you know, go through like your favorite superheroes. And mm-hmm. so, you know, the first superhero I was ever introduced to, of course, was Superman. And it made a, it meant a great deal to me. Like I had the Superman onesie when I was like two or three yeah. with like oh, the, with the detachable cape. Yes. And, yeah. You know, yeah. uh, little, yeah. little Velcro squares that kept it on. It was great. Um, yeah. But then I, I started watching the, the, the Adam West Batmans um, and really, really love those i had the yeah. the the episode guide where you could it had the synopsis and all the guest stars of every single episode of that batman series and i remember just 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 basically memorizing it when i was like sure. five or six uh, i don't know it anymore but you know i just i would pour over that and then as i got older spider-man became a little bit more in vogue and so like i was spider-man for halloween one year um and then the x-men cartoon came on and i immediately gravitated towards that character of wolverine and uh, he's just so so excellent but in you know and when I look at it now, if I was trying to be really, really cool and like give like you know like my uh, my Rorschach test uh, uh, you know superhero, I I would say my, my favorite one uh, would be Adam Warlock. But that's basically just to make myself look cool because he's going to be really cool in the next Guardians of the Galaxy movie. <laughs> knock on wood. But I did research for this podcast and and I just went back to the definition of a superhero. Simple Google, what is a superhero? And the definition that popped up was a benevolent fictional character with superhuman powers such as Superman, which I thought was very, very interesting that that Superman was actually uh, noted in the definition. But the word benevolent kind of came to mind. And and that triggered sort of feelings of, like, a superhero is supposed to be somebody that that makes you want to aspire to be like and uh, to have values and and, and to to be somebody who, who, uh, um, you know, just what really the example of what you really, really want to be, you know, and and, and that has superpowers. And so... Interestingly enough, uh, when I think about it throughout my entire life, uh, I'd have to say, and please don't fault me for this, my favorite superhero is Hulk Hogan. And <laughs> and, 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 and I mean mid-90s, like mm. early 90s, good guy Hulk Hogan, okay? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, right. he had all the Superman, all the truth, just in the American way, but he also had work hard, 
eat your vitamins and pray. You know, say your prayers, need your vitamins, all that sort of stuff. And and you know the thing. And Hulk Hogan's superpower was if you beat him up too much, he became invincible. <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> you know, so like no matter what, like like if you beat him up so much, he would just he would just suddenly become God, and and he he, he would then drop the big leg on you, and then that was it. It's over. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you know, I, I realize now, and it, it's just kind of I mean, again, that the actor who portrayed Hulk Hogan is not the greatest human being on the planet, and the and the you know the subsequent iterations of, of his character in the '90s became kind of evil, and I, I didn't particularly like that. But that early '90s era, gold, you know, yellow trunks yellow with the trunks, red prints, yeah. like yeah. ripping open the shirt. He's all muscular. He's billed as being six foot ten with the pythons and all that, you know. Uh, and he and he and he fought for what was right, and mm-hmm. he and he had a great theme song, and and really, like my inner. My inner superhero like goes back to d- default as as Hulk Hogan, you know, like like like, like what would, what would Hulk Hogan do? He would mm-hmm. keep trying, you know, yeah. he would get up and he would keep yeah. trying because that's that's who he was. And so, yeah, it, it it sounds weird and it's a little unconventional. And by the way, he does appear in comic books and he has been in movies, so I, I think he, he he qualifies and checks enough boxes that I can sufficiently say Hulk Hogan is my favorite superhero. If he's your favorite superhero, he's your favorite superhero. Tony, you are hitting it so <laughs> hard yes. on the head, man, because yep. you're right. That era of WWF, yeah. was it was all superheroes and supervillains. Like the yeah. stories yes. that they were creating, Macho Man Randy Savage against yeah. Ricky Steamboat. Like yeah. those were superhero battles going on. Andre the, Andre Giant, the Giant versus Hogan. Yeah. Those were yeah. superheroes, man. No, yeah. that's great. And, and one of the comics toys. you're talking and about. The toys. And there were cartoons. There was a fight. <laughs> there was a fight between the Incredible Hulk and Hulk Hogan in oh. an issue of Marvel Comics Presents where, where like Joe Fixit was when it was Gray Hulk. Show, he's like he jumps into the ring because Hulk Hogan just keeps running his mouth so much and he ends up throwing Hulk Hogan into orbit. It was oh. uh, <laughs> 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 Amazing. Nice. All right. And we have one more person. Kevin. Uh, yes. I've been um, thinking about this a lot. Uh, the hero that I keep coming back to is one who has been around technically since the 40s, but has gone through quite the journey. And that is one of my favorite aspects of him. And that is Nightwing. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. Nightwing is one of the examples of an actual passage of time in comics in a medium where many characters and elements are sort of of going back to the familiar models. Uh, Nightwing is a character and, and uh, Dick Grayson has actually gotten to grow up and Mm. went from, you know, the, the kid sidekick who, you know, is somewhat misunderstood as a concept. Like the idea of a child fighting crime is certainly ridiculous but rather than get rid of him, like when Robin debuted, um, sales for Batman comics doubled. So the idea of you know bringing in new younger readers to, with the idea of you know fighting alongside the Dark Knight, actually worked at the time. And Robin managed to stick around so long that he actually had to go off on his own, rather than sticking by his surrogate father's side. And then leading his own team. And it's such a, a fascinating mm-hmm. journey. And as a character who, you know, had to work his way through childhood trauma and, and focus his mind the way Batman had, but trying to not inherit his mentor's worst qualities and become an even better man. 
uh, is also something that I that I greatly admire. Uh, so much so that I even uh, dress as a character for conventions uh, in the less familiar uh, 1980s costume where he first uh, donned the mantle and hung up his robin tights uh, with the with the big collar and the and and uh, people call it the disco suit even though it's from the 80s. <laughs> but yeah, um, as I was going around, I think it was San Diego or probably LA Comic Con. The actor uh, Kevin Porter, who plays Batman in the uh, Bat and the Sun productions actually stopped me and said, I want to get a picture. Um, nice. And that was, uh, and that's the, um, my phone's lock screen um, ever since. <laughs> so cool. Nice. I nice. didn't realize the character went back that far. Oh, yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah, I'm not a huge Batman fan, so I don't know much history on Batman. Yeah. The other thing about Nightwing is that, is that it's taking a long time for Nightwing to be done effectively in live action. Because, like, first you kind of got to get Robin right mm-hmm. and various other things. But he still managed to be such a fan favorite character that has, even though he's mainly in the comics, he's still very well known. Yeah. He doesn't need mm-hmm. a live action portrayal to validate him. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. All right. I think I got everybody. All right. So that's going to do it for this roundtable. Thank you again, guys. I really appreciate it. It was great hearing. I love because it was such a diverse group of superheroes yeah. i mean we, yeah. we go from crow to superman typical you know you expect to hulk hogan <laughs> as a superhero. So, I and mean, nightwing and yeah and yeah. nightwing yeah. and you know it was hulk. a very well-rounded hulk uh it was it was nice that we all had these really you know i mean i was the most obvious typical one but everyone else was really cool we learned way too much about tom's <laughs> childhood <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but no, thank you again, guys. I really appreciate you uh, taking the time out of your busy schedules to come and chat with me. Before we go, I want to make sure we uh, promote you guys because a lot of you guys do things outside of my podcast here. So uh, let's go ahead and start with Tom. Give me, you know, if you, anything you want to share, uh, sure. your websites, it, you know, all this stuff will also be sent to me. So I'll have it in our show notes. So you don't need to get a pen and write all this down. But go ahead and, and tell me what you want to uh, promote. Awesome. And, and thanks again, Kenny. We've been trying to do this for so long. And <laughs> we it's have such yes. a treat to see you again and be part of this. Um, well, uh, the last name is spelled A-N-T-O-N-E-L-L-I-S, Antonellis. So you can find me on Facebook, like me there. You can find me on Instagram at Tom Antonellis, Twitter at Tom underscore Antonellis, because somebody got it first. <laughs> so irritating. I think it's a carpenter in massachusetts you just want to <laughs> send deadpool and take him out oh my gosh uh, wow and, anyway to go dark. yes the views of um, one tom antonellis do not reflect <laughs> exactly uh there's that anger again exactly and uh you can i really would love for you guys to subscribe and follow and rate review my podcast with my sister julie which is uh, Back Through the Basement, available on every podcast platform. And our Instagram is at Back Through the Basement Pod. Awesome. How about you, Joe? All right. Yeah. Uh, my name is Joe uh, Antonellis. Listen to me on the Going Through the Attic <laughs> podcast. Where, uh, <laughs> I do have a couple a of podcasts. Yeah, exactly. A couple of, I just break into people's houses and go through their stuff in their attic. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've got a couple of podcasts you could check out if you feel like it. If you don't think that you got tired of uh, listening to me ramble already here, uh, there's the Editing Bay podcast where my uh, 
my podcast partners, Joel and Tess and I, we talk about movies, sometimes bad, sometimes good. We just break things down and talk about maybe how we would have done it better. Uh, and then there's also a video game podcast that we do called the 16-Bit Gladiators. Uh, you can find those wherever fine podcasts are found because apparently they let us on there too. I also do some uh, some voiceover work. Uh, most recently, you can hear me in a show called Id Invaded uh, through Funimation. Uh, it's kind of a... Uh, how to describe it? It's, it's like that movie The Cell with uh, Jennifer Lopez, but also Bones. And, you know, it's this mystery... <laughs> Uh, crime thriller, and uh, I play one of the main lab techs that's trying to help our hero solve the crime. Again, that's called Id Invaded. Um, and yeah, it, other than that, if you want to watch me try to kill the predator on Ghost Recon, check me out on Twitch. It's a next wave <laughs> show. Uh, and that's it. Thank you, Kenny. Thank you so much, all of you. Thank you. Like, this has just been a blast. And I thought last time he let me do this was a mistake. Uh, <laughs> and he let me come you, back again. You think I would learn. But, you know. <laughs> and it's so would... nice to see Jenny came out of the upside down. She's back. Yes, life returns. That's right. She's back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How about uh, Kevin? Uh, yes, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at K-E-V-R-U-Z-Z. I also host a podcast with my brother, The Evil Clones Podcast, which you can find on iTunes and Spotify and wherever fine podcasts are downloaded. And check out our website, Evil Clone Productions, where we post uh, fan videos and our Batman episode reviews, uh, which are very fun. And uh, yeah, and uh, thank you so much uh, to Kenny. I've been... uh, Itching to get on. Uh, he's been uh, trying. I think he's been trying longer than Tom. quite some time. Yeah, I think wow. Tom has been longer, but <laughs> wow. yeah, Kevin's been trying. I'm glad. Uh, what's funny is that when I put the announcements out there, I get. Uh, I'm very happy to say I get like nine to ten people who want to join me, and wow. so I do random, and I just do random. I add number, you know, all your names with numbers, and I just randomly roll a die or you know do the computer thing and these are the people who get it and unfortunately doug who is kevin's brother also wanted to be on it <laughs> and he didn't make the cut but oh. I, like, oh, I felt so bad <laughs> i felt so bad but anyways Blame uh, yeah maybe next time because i'm like i said i'm gonna continue to do these you know so until i They're can get great. all you guys They're back so together in a room it makes um, you realize just how how broad geekdom is oh yeah you know yeah, yeah, it's yeah, amazing yeah. how many that you can do I, I, I think it. you'll hit the bottom and you just keep going. It's wonderful. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Tony, how about you with your stuff? Yeah, no. Uh, so you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter uh, at Anthony Nagatani. That's at A-N-T-H-O-N-Y-N-A-G-A-T-A-N-I. Um, I also uh, uh, edit and uh, co-host a podcast called The Model Majority Podcast, which you can find on Spotify and all every, everywhere you can get a podcast these days. Uh, that's uh, about politics, culture, and life through uh, a couple of Asian-American Pacific Islander, uh, former political operatives. And so we, we talk politics and, and had do some good interviews there, too. So you can follow that at Model Majority P. So, Kenny, thanks so much for having us on. Of course. And Jenny. Hey, guys. Bring us home. Uh, I'm Jenny Powell. It's J-E-N-N-I-P-O-W-E-L-L. Uh, I'm that on pretty much all social media. This is the current podcast I do. I don't have any others, uh, but I teach about them at the New York Film Academy, where I've been teaching for about six years now. Um, And prior to that, I co-hosted Knights of the Guilds with Kenny. 
if anyone wants to go back in the vault. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, if you're a fan of the guild, definitely check out Knights of the Guild. We had a lot of fun that. We both worked on the series, so it was was a great behind-the-scenes podcast. Yep, yep, many, many, many years ago. All right, you guys, thank you so much. I really do appreciate you taking the time and chatting with me. So I'm sure I'll be talking to you guys again soon. I hope you enjoyed that roundtable. As I said, it was a fun conversation because it was so not what I was expecting. Just because I am a very traditional person, I chose Superman. He's my favorite. He will always be my favorite from a kid to me being 50 years old now. It was just interesting to hear the different range of superheroes from Crow to Hulk Hogan, which I never thought of, but it was great the way Tony explained it. So hopefully you guys really enjoyed that conversation. I know I really enjoyed being part of it. And as always, I want to thank my amazing guest hosts, Jenny, Joe, Tony, Tom, and Kevin. And I want to thank you guys, my listeners, for coming back for each podcast. So until next time, guys, take care. That was the scene in California's Mojave Desert five years ago. Our historic first view of the newcomer's ship. Theirs was a slave ship carrying a quarter million beings bred to adapt and labor in any environment. But they've washed ashore on Earth with no way to get back to where they came from. And in the last five years, the newcomers have become the latest addition to the population of Los Angeles. Alienation, the Newcomers Podcast, is a fan cast devoted to the groundbreaking but short-lived TV series Alienation. This series tackles social issues like racism, bigotry, and intolerance with an alien twist. Each month, we will bring you a podcast dedicated to a single episode. The host will give you their thoughts on the episode, as well as some little-known behind-the-scenes information. So please subscribe to Alienation, the Newcomers Podcast on iTunes, Or visit our website at alienationpodcast.com. I'm Tom, sheltering at home in L.A. I'm Julie, sheltering in the home we both grew up in in Boston. And together, we're We're going going back through through the the basement. basement. Mom and Dad want us to go through (laughs) all of our toys and belongings. I think Mom and Dad are taking advantage of the pandemic. (laughs) What the f*** is that guy? It's called a wuzzle. So laugh. That thing is so (laughs) Get emotional. (laughs) I have a fucking mess over here. And discover what we find and what we keep. Which will probably be everything, Jules. (laughs) I know, right? Thank you to Kenny Mitleider and everyone around the Geek Roundtable. Thank you to all their listeners. From us in the basement, we want you to know you are all keeps. Definite keeps. Attention, attention. Are you a fan of MASH, one of the most groundbreaking television series in history? Then take a listen to the MASH 4077 podcast, where hosts discuss their thoughts episode by episode. They will also share with you some little-known behind-the-scenes information, trivia, and so much more. So come and find them on iTunes by searching MASH 4077 podcast or online at www.mash4077podcast.com. The Geek Roundtable podcast is a geeky fanboy production and has a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, works 3.0, United States license, all rights reserved.